Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us be part of your day as we wrap up the month of November. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. A little different for many of us, but uh, hopefully still a good one and a safe one for you. And we're ready to uh, get things going. Uh, We'll be talking markets later with Steve Nicholson with Bravo AgriFinance. We're going to talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. We'll talk about uh, some things you need to do to winterize those wells as we head into the winter season. We'll be talking with the National Groundwater Association about that. All that coming up on today's program. But we're going to start things off today with Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah Thank you for joining us. Hope you had a good holiday weekend. Good morning, Mike. Yes, we had a great holiday weekend, and I hope you and all your listeners did as well. Yeah, I know you uh, did some family things virtually. Uh, We did, too, doing some FaceTime with uh, grandkids that were in quarantine, so it was a little different, but but still a good holiday. Yeah, uh, technology certainly makes it easier to at least see some people, even though it's from a distance. But uh, yep. it was good that everybody's healthy. For sure. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at what's on the agenda. Uh, Congress still needs to get a spending bill done. How close are they? Well, they're still <laughs> miles apart in some respects. We did get a piece of good news from Senator John Hoven's staff from North Dakota indicating that they had at least agreed to the spending caps for the 12 individual appropriations bills that need to pass. But, you know, the deadline's coming up December 11th, so there's not that much time to decide what's going to go within those spending caps. So there's a, a lot of work cut out for them here over the next week and two. Yeah, all of a sudden tomorrow we turn the page to December, and it now is getting pretty close, uh, these deadlines that uh, we've been talking about for some time. Also, there are some expiring tax provisions they need to address. Yeah, there are several of these tax extenders, as they're often referred to, uh, including a tax credit for cellulosic biofuel, um, one for alternative fuel vehicle refueling equipment, and uh, tax incentives for another part of uh, the industry that we don't always think about, craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries. So um, several different things that need to be extended. And, of course, there's still talk about whether or not we could have a little bit of a stimulus to help out all those businesses that are still so badly uh, impacted by the pandemic. And uh, I, we had a great interview with Dusty Johnson from South Dakota on our Open Mic podcast, and He's uh, not saying it's impossible, but uh, he's given it about a 60% chance that they could still get their act together and come up with some sort of assistance, maybe not as big as uh, was initially proposed by the House, but something that could continue to help these businesses that are still often shut down in many states. Yeah, we'll see, but each day goes by, those uh, chances seem to be less and less, but Perhaps uh, something can still be worked out. Well, you and I have been talking about possible candidates, uh, potential candidates for Secretary of Agriculture, and that name Marsha Fudge keeps coming up, which would bring into uh, 
question the direction of USDA. Some already saying if, if she's chosen, we'll see a, a greater emphasis on, on nutrition programs and maybe some of the, the commodity aspects of, uh, of USDA activities. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Congressman Johnson talked about that, too, and actually made an endorsement for Senator Heidi Heitkamp, who, of course, has been uh, you know, making a lot of points uh, on issues that is of uh, concern to the Biden administration coming up. But, um, you know, there was an interesting piece in the New York Times this weekend about how Congressman uh, Clyburn from South Carolina, who actually played a huge role for the Biden administration, uh, and for President Biden and, and trying to uh, say that in his new administration, he needs to have Marsha Fudge, and that's a pretty strong endorsement. And he also talked about how, uh, you know, other candidates might just be recycling, and he referred to former Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack in that regard. Uh, but uh, it sounds like we will be talking about Marsha Fudge and her uh, willingness to take that position as Secretary of Agriculture for quite some time, and hopefully they'll announce sooner than later. And, and yeah, her expertise is on nutrition. She's been the subcommittee chair, and uh, it's obviously a passion for her. And she might not know as much about production in agriculture, but I would have to say that if she is the pick, they're certainly going to want to make sure that she gets up to speed on a lot of different issues that might not have been under her subcommittee's purview. Uh, and probably in quite a bit of a hurry in order to make sure that she understands all aspects of the department. I mean, it's it's 100,000 some people <laughs> there and a lot of different programs from broadband to uh, nutrition to tribal issues. And uh, then, of course, all the big part about, uh, you know, production agriculture. So it's it's a big job regardless of who you appoint. Yeah, not that it's not already important, but I would think if she were chosen, and you mentioned maybe her, her, her it'd be her lack of experience or background with production agriculture, I would think the choice in for deputy secretary would be very key for that, uh, you know, for that scenario. Not that it's not already, but uh, that w- that person would probably need to be, have a strong production agriculture background. Well, usually there's an attempt to do some balance. A deputy has historically had a lot of the budget and day-to-day management authority. Uh, but I, I'd have to say that, I mean, Congressman Fudge has been on the House Ag Committee, and she's done her homework. And um, as Mr. Clyburn pointed out, you know, the largest proportion of spending out of the USDA is on nutrition programs. So we certainly can't discount the importance of those, even, even though you're going to have a lot of farmers who are listening to this saying, you know, what is a person who has no farmers in their district going to say about production agriculture? So I think that's a valid question that's going to surface. Yeah, we'll be watching that closely. Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation told us last week he expects the Biden administration to try to change WOTUS again. So that's going to be a battle for agriculture, I think. But on the other hand, a possibility that maybe the Biden administration would be more willing to open trade up with Cuba. So we might be talking about that again. Yeah, we wrote about that in our newsletter last week. Bill Thompson did a great piece, and obviously there's some concern about those Cuban-Americans, who, many of whom decided to vote for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden. But um, uh, among the agricultural groups, especially the rice industry, I think there's a real interest in seeing what we can do 
and opening up uh, the gates for tourism again. And so there's there's some interest of, of how that might simulate some parts of the ag economy by opening up trade with Cuba. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Sarah, good to talk with you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. Have a good uh, week. All right, take care. You too. Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Uh, yeah, so those... There are going to be a lot of things to watch here. Uh, what happens with WOTUS? What happens with trade? We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's program. But up next, DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson joins us. We'll talk weather for the U.S., weather in South America, and we have uh, some names to announce for free registration to the upcoming DTN Ag Summit. So stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through 9th. Register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. 
A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson as we get ready to turn the calendar page to December. Bryce, any uh, storms brewing we should uh, be watching? Well, there's uh, one uh, event going on right now over uh, the eastern Corn Belt, Mike, that I think is going to complicate um, the final stages of harvest in Ohio, maybe into Michigan, uh, part of Pennsylvania. That that part of the country uh, still was uh, was needing to get uh, some you know late stage harvest done at least in the crop report last week. And so there's been uh, rain and snow uh, from the Mississippi Valley uh, all the way to uh, the Allegheny Plateau and then the Atlantic Seaboard over the last. Uh, 12 to 18 hours, and in fact, there's a winter weather advisory and possibly a winter storm watch in Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, into western New York State during the next uh, 24 hours, possibly one to three inches of uh, snowfall. So uh, that's uh, certainly going on, and uh, elsewhere right now, it's uh, quite dry uh, when you think about crop areas. Uh, It is pretty cold uh, to the uh, south, the Gulf Coast, Delta, they've got freeze warnings, or they had freeze warnings in effect until about 9 o'clock central, but uh, that part of the country uh, certainly picked up the rain during the weekend, and uh, uh, over the last seven days, uh, there's been some uh, rainfall of anywhere from, what, about uh, an inch and a half to maybe over three inches from, you know, around Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, northeastward toward Atlanta. Uh, so that's been a, a pretty notable feature there. Yeah, for sure. Do you see, I mean, you mentioned there's still a lot of dry areas. Uh, are those areas going to get uh, any precipitation anytime soon? You know, we could see a little bit of rain uh, in that central Kansas, the central Oklahoma uh, area uh, over the next seven days, maybe a quarter to a half inch uh, total from you know, Salina, Kansas, south to Oklahoma City. But uh, farther west, uh, it still is quite dry. And, in fact, uh, there are areas of the Nebraska Panhandle today that have a red flag wildfire uh, warning in effect. And so uh, that that section of the western, southwestern plains is still really in need of moisture. But over the next two weeks, my gosh, uh, it's looking dry, uh, especially after today, uh, moisture is going to pretty much target the uh, the South Atlantic seaboard and then north to New England uh, because we're going to have high pressure building in and just pretty much dry things out otherwise. What about temperatures as we head into December? You know, there's a real uh, a, a real flip on the temperature pattern because you know you take Interstate 90 and go north all the way into Central Canada. And go from coast to coast, uh, from Seattle to uh, Portland, Maine, and you're looking at uh, a big swath that has uh, temperatures likely to uh, run from 5 to 10 degrees above normal. And, you know, very mild uh, to get into December. 
And then in contrast, the entire southern tier of the country, from central Arizona east all the way to the Carolina coast, is uh, likely to see values of 5 to 10 below normal. Uh, so that's uh, a real change in the uh, temperature fortunes. And, uh, you know, it, it just indicates to me that um, that uh, most of the central and northern parts of the country have this warm and dry trend in effect. And then uh, you see that precip, um, you know, in the uh, Gulf Coast southeast. So that's where the uh, storm track focuses. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, Bryce, we're keeping a close watch on South American weather. What's going on there? Over the weekend, uh, there was rainfall uh, that uh, was uh, pretty notable in far southern Brazil, in Rio Grande do Sul. They had from, I'd say, a half to one and a half inch rainfall. Did we lose you? Or are you still there, Bryce? I think we lost Bryce, so uh, we'll try to reconnect with Bryce, keeping a close watch on that South American weather because uh, of the market implications and certainly uh, any weather problems, any crop condition issues in South America will certainly um, be reflected in market prices, so we'll be keeping a close watch on that. As you heard Bryce say, um, relatively mild, though, for the U.S. as we head into the month of December. Also, uh, we want to be talking with Bryce when we get him back here, hopefully very soon. We want to get uh, a look ahead to the DTN Ag Summit that is coming up December 7th, 8th, and 9th. And we had you send your names in if you were interested in maybe getting a free registration to that event. We have pulled a couple of names from those entries and we'll announce those here shortly, hopefully with Bryce, if we can get him back online with us here in just a moment are you back bryce i am mike i i was i was all i was all ready i was all gunned up about motto grosso and then all of a sudden <laughs> you know some some trader who was on the short side is uh is messing with the phone system i don't know uh-huh anyway. there you go well I, you were talking south america i thought you were headed there to check it out firsthand so uh, no glad to have you back so go ahead and finish up with that south yeah. american weather well, just to say that uh, the next uh, week to 10 days is uh, quite promising in the southern half of Brazil with two to four inch rains, and there could even be uh, one to two inches develop in Mato Grosso, and uh, this would be the best rain that they've had for, oh my goodness, about uh, a month. Uh, so it's going to get a lot of attention. Could, could uh, you know, at least uh, kind of tide everybody over uh, for a while on the soil moisture situation. So good for them, maybe not so good for market prices. We'll, we'll talk more about that in our next segment with Steve Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. All right, so your DTN Ag Summit, the virtual event this year, coming up December 7th, 8th, and 9th. I want to just mention we're going to have a lot of interviews uh, from your Ag Summit here on Adams on Agriculture. But uh, it's a big event, and you've got quite a lineup of speakers set. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, I'm uh, doing the uh, weather show on uh, December 8th. That's on Tuesday. Uh, in kind of the mid-morning time frame, but um, we've got um, Kip Tom, U.S. Ambassador, who many people are familiar with, a uh, farmer, agribusinessman from uh, Indiana, who is a terrific speaker and uh, a real, I think, uh, a real visionary in uh, 21st century agriculture. Uh, we've got uh, Reed and Heather Thompson, uh, farmers from central Illinois, 
uh, who are going to be on the program as well. And then uh, Meredith Bernard, who is uh, a farm blogger and has uh, a terrific following, is going to uh, start bringing in more of a social media uh, strategy and, and uh, perspective into the program. Uh, she's going to be very uh, well uh, listened to, I believe. And then on the science side, uh, the chief scientist from Microsoft, Ranveer Chandra, is going to be uh, offering you know some of the latest and greatest on this whole uh, this whole data uh, issue as we uh, move into yet uh, farther into the 21st century into 2021, and then personal development speakers uh, David Horsager and John Gordon. Uh, will offer ideas on on kind of stepping away from just worrying about the balance sheet and about self balance, and I think that's a that's a real key feature. I, I think probably the way the pandemic has uh, affected so many of us, just about everybody, um, you know, that uh, probably has uh, more of an important uh, tone to it than had we not had mm-hmm. uh, this uh, this challenge. Uh, to all of us over the past, uh, what, nine months or so. So go to the DTN website and get signed up for the DTN Ag Summit, December 7th, 8th, and 9th. Now, we've drawn a couple of names from uh, those that have entered into our drawing for free registration to your event, and uh, we have two names to announce. You have those? You want to go ahead and give those, Bryce? Uh, actually, Mike, I do not. Uh, so, uh, so they would be uh, a pleasant surprise to me. <laughs> okay, I have them here, and uh, let me, uh, the first one is Steve Klumper, or Klimper, I'm not sure of the pronunci- pronunciation, K-L-U-E-M-P-E-R. Steve, congratulations, you have free registration to the DTN Ag Summit. And the next one, I don't have a first name, it's K Thornhill, uh, also a winner, and um, they signed up in our drawing at Adams on Agriculture, so we congratulate them. We'll be contacting them and letting them know they have free registration to the DTN Ag Summit. All right, Bryce, thanks a lot. We'll be uh, we'll be talking about that a lot as we get uh, into next week. So uh, probably checking in with you on the uh, virtual summit next week then. Sounds great, Mike, and thanks for all your support uh, from you and the show for the Ag Summit program. That's, that's just spot on. Thanks again. All right, you have a great lineup, and uh, we look forward to talking more about it next week. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, we'll talk about South American weather and markets with Steve Nicholson with Robo Agrofinance next on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. 
New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Following a volatile but lightly traded Thanksgiving holiday week, traders are now focused on end-of-the-month positioning as trade returns to normal on Monday. South American forecasts and weekly demand from China should remain the focus this week as a slower pace of trade from Thanksgiving to Christmas sets in. On the Board of Trade, March corn trading four and three quarters of a cent lower at 4.29. The May contract down a nickel at 4.31 and three quarters of a cent. March soybeans down 19 and a half cent at 11.73 and a quarter. The November contract down 11 and a fraction at 10.46. Kansas City wheat December down 14 and three quarters of a cent at 5.46 and three quarters of a cent. Chicago wheat March down 15 at 5.91. Minneapolis spring wheat March down 12 and a fraction at 5.57 and three quarters. In cash cattle country, it's typically quiet on this Monday morning with both buyers and sellers busy taking inventory. Bids and asking prices are yet to be established. Beef cutouts are expected to be mixed with generally light box movement. Business took place mostly on Wednesday with a little cleanup on Friday last week. Southern Live deals had a full range of $110 to mostly $111, generally a dollar higher than the prior week's weighted averages. Northern Dress deals range from $170 to mostly $174, generally $2 higher than the previous week's weighted average basis in Nebraska. On the Board of Trade, February live cattle trading 55 cents lower at 112.70. The April contract down 40 at 116.55. March feeder cattle down 10 at 138.90. The April contract down 32 at 140.02. February lean hogs $1.25 higher at 68.50. The April contract up 95 at 71.32. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Egg Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, we're back after the long holiday break. Let's talk markets with Steve Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. Steve, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Well, good. I did. Thank you, Mike. I hope you did as well. 
Yes, we did. Well, we're, we just heard from DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson about rain in South America, so uh, that certainly helps their crop prospects. But uh, what does that do to the markets? Well, I think we've seen what that does to the market mm-hmm. this morning. Um, and I think that's, you know, there's a lot of things kind of bubbling around. And, 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 and Bryce is right, there was rain across parts of South America, but Mato Grosso, the major soybean producing area for Brazil, was basically dry, and there's not much prospects for rain in the next two-week period, and the same is true in Argentina. So the market's reacting to that today, and I think also when you look at soybeans, and we're, you know, soybeans are certainly the focus here, you know, the technicals are not in everyone's favor this morning. You know, they've tried three, I think it's three times, maybe four times. Uh, to reach that magic or reach above that magic $12 mark, and, and it's failed. And so the market's looking at it and go, well, it must be all over. And so you're seeing people kind of, you know, take the bearish side of that and, and, and move the market down. So I think there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, weather's part of it, uh, but it's also the fact is you've got some technicals that are playing playing havoc. And, you know, maybe traders spend a lot of money on the weekend on Christmas presents, and they need to come back and... <laughs> get some cash in their pockets so they can pay the pay the Christmas bill. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of different things happening. You know, corn, we did see good, we did see some unknown sales this morning for corn, so that should be helpful to corn, and we continue to see good sales uh, of both corn and soybeans to China. Um, and, and wheat a little bit bearish more picture, but it's also a kind of a, a, a yin and yang there as well. We, wheat markets have looked good, and now they're down a little bit. Um, Argentina is, or I'm sorry, Australia is talking about maybe a few more metric tons of wheat production this year. Uh, Russia is also talking about lifting their import quota a little bit as well. Um, all indications that there may be more wheat in the world than we thought originally and, and various U.S. markets. But the dollar's down today, and that's usually good for U.S. exports. And so I think that's the that's the good thing. So I, I kind of look at this, particularly in the case of soybeans, is a bit of a temporary setback. I don't know that I'd get too overly worked up about it to this point because if you start looking forward to tight S&D on soybeans. It does remind us, though, especially with soybeans right now, we think of a weather market being here in the U.S. during our growing season, but it, we're really dealing with a weather market right now. It just happens to pertain to the weather in South America. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And 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 we've had this before, and I think, and I think it's a good to remind listeners, like you said, I mean, Weather markets happen everywhere. We're not the only place in the world that has weather markets. And, you know, and we're, we're going to go through this up and down pattern now, really, because we're here at the 1st of December. You know, you're now getting to the heart of the growing season in South America. And so anytime the weather forecast changes down there for the next couple, next, really the next uh, 60 to 75 days, the market's going to react to that. And so this morning, that's what we're seeing. So, I, you know, it's one of those things that you have to, you know, play the weather market, you have to be paying attention to it, but it also reminds us again how fast these markets can change direction, um, and we need to take advantage of them when we have those opportunities. Talking with Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst with Robo AgriFinance. So, Steve, do we have a handle on uh, where our marketings are at right now? Uh, uh, farmers pretty much get that sell ahead of time or sell sold into the rally or they how much are they holding on to how much are they pricing ahead what's the feel for that right now yeah you know it's it's been relatively quiet about that so i'll say that up front and and be a little bit you know let me be transparent i don't know the exact answer to your question it's a great question 
but I think there's some hints that we have to be paying attention to. Um, you know, one is think about what basis has done both corn and soybeans over the last couple, three weeks. Um, you do always see some seasonal strength here, but the fact is those, that strength has been pretty, has been pretty big. And so and it's not a couple pennies up. You see nickel and dime pops up because, you know, markets aren't able to buy the corn and soybeans they want. Um, so that's an indication to me that farmers are not moving grain out of the country right now and that they're waiting for higher prices. So, you know, are they, a, you know, are they ahead or behind? It indicates me that maybe they're maybe just not uh, marking as much as the market wants them to market right now. Or, the, you know, in the case of soybeans, the market's saying, we don't care what you think you need to give the soybeans now because we want them now. Um, I think the other thing, too, is, and I, I was actually, probably should admit this, I, I went to went to meet my daughter halfway between here and Chicago in Iowa City, which is a whole other story because my sister came over from Des Moines. And on that trip, I mean, first of all, there was a lot of field work done. So that tells me farmers are still busy in the field, and they were out while I was out. And I also know some elders have big piles of corn out. So that also tells me there's a lot of corn yet in the country that needs to find a home or has not found that its final destination yet. So I think a couple anecdotal things would tell you that farmers are, are potentially waiting for, you know, a little higher prices yet. And so I think that's the thing we have to be um, conscious of, and the markets will tell us that. And I think basis is telling us that right now. It's looking for more grain to move into the, into the channels. And it's hard to see a, a boost coming from ethanol because of what's going on yeah. with the pandemic and the virus and slowing yep. driving down again. Although I contend... Maybe we'll make some of that up by sitting in lines at drive-through, you know, drive-through <laughs> lines at fast food restaurants, burning our gas that way. But still, it's hard to see a big rally coming uh, for corn based on ethanol demand right now. Right. No, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it is, and you're going into the winter driving season. Granted, it's both you just finished Thanksgiving holiday, Christmas holidays coming, and people travel. Uh, but with the virus, you know, our family, we did not have a gathering as a family. Um, this year we kind of stayed in our separate corners because we thought that was safer. Um, and we didn't really have all the, you know, we didn't have the, the, the you know, the wherewithal in the sense of where to have it, to be honest. Um, so we stayed apart. Um, and I think at Christmas, I don't know, Christmas, we're kind of putting on hold at this point because we don't know what's going to happen come there, but families are staying home. You see places like Los Angeles on lockdown now for, you know, into mid December. So that eliminates a lot of driving there. And, you know, Los Angeles is a big city, so there's a lot of people that don't, you know, people there aren't driving, so not consuming gasoline. If you look at the EIA statistics for both gasoline supplied to the market and ethanol production, you know, they continue to be in that 6 to 10% uh, range down from what would be considered sort of a five-year average, kind of leaving this year out of that average, of course, when you look at crop years. But you look at that and, and it says, just doesn't look very promising that you're going to get back up to those levels we have been, um, you know, previous to the pandemic. And so, and the pandemic also gives you some concern about movement of grain. Um, it just slows it down. You know, ports get clogged up. Labor is not available, whether it's at a port, whether it's river or ocean port, you know, railroads, you know, do they have labor issues because people are getting sick? So, you know, that just slows the whole logistics situation down, which then gets back to your bases and you see these wild swings in basis levels. Um, so all that is a little concerning um, about what the impact is on markets, um, and all of it's not positive. And that's, that's the big concern. And you're right about ethanol. That's a real concern going forward. 
So we look into 2021 and you wonder, yeah. there's a lot of positive vaccine news, but it still at best Absolutely. seems like it's going to take a while to get all that done. Um, so, I mean, is there is this, this pent up demand, do you think is going to just break loose with the economy or is it just going to be a, you know, a slower process and kind of yeah. you know, yeah. slowly rebuilding? Well, I think it's a slow rebuild. And, and I think, you know, the other thing you have to remember is think about, you know, you as a consumer, you know, there is pent-up demand. There's no question about that. But I think it's going to be a slow recovery. You know, you have a lot of people unemployed, so they're not going to work. Um, and they want to go to work. I'm not saying that they don't want to go to work. Um, but it's going to take a while for that employment to return so those people, you know, get back in their cars and drive to a job. And that's not going to happen overnight. Uh, and this is the same thing for consumers and for office workers. I think the statistic, and I maybe someone can correct me, I think it's like 30 or 40% of workers are working from home now. And, you know, if the myth is that, you know, people aren't getting work done at home and we need to be able to have in the office so we can make sure they're working, if that hasn't been busted, it's awful close to being busted because the economy is still moving forward or business is still moving forward with people, you know, working from home. So a lot of people will be working from home and won't be driving to work. So that, that's not good. I think the other thing, too, is think about, you know, you have you know, a number of restaurants will be closed, will never reopen, as will some businesses. And so consumers will continue to shop online. Uh, they will continue to order food in. And, and consumers have gotten used to cooking at home and have gotten used to cooking as a family or baking as a family and, and have found that to be rewarding. So consumers are changing their habits. So all that is you know, people are still going to demand food. That's not going to change. But when you look at the, the driving habits of people and how they drive and where they drive, you know, that's changed dramatically. And I think when you look at travel industry, they're saying it's going to be a, a two- to three-year recovery. So, again, when you look out at ethanol, it's not going to be all of a sudden we get, you know, we all get the vaccine by, we'll just say, July of next year or mid-year next year, and it's, you know, we're all back to normal. I, I would also, you know, think about, you know, life didn't return to normal after 9-11 very quickly either. So I think that's a, a, a touch point or a data point to keep in mind. Okay, Steve, that baking at home is hard on my waistline. <laughs> I know that. Uh, and I think we just <laughs> yes, went through a whole segment. We just went through a whole segment. We didn't even talk about China. That might be a first, uh, but we'll probably make that up for that next time. Yeah, but there's I'm certainly sure. a piece of the puzzle for sure. Take care, Steve. Good to talk with you. You too, Mike. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst for Robo AgriFinance. Well, if you have a well, uh, some things uh, you need to do to have it ready for winter. We'll talk with the National Groundwater Association. That's next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. 
text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through the 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers from around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through the 9th. Register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. In your everyday business operations, there are endless things you can't control. Fuel prices don't have to be one of them. With the Average Price Contracting Program available at FS, we can provide you with a way to reduce the uncertainty of fluctuating fuel prices. It's a smart and convenient way for you to know what your fuel costs are going to be so that you can enjoy a little peace of mind. The Average Price Contracting Program at FS is just one more way that we can help take your business further. Contact your FS Energy Specialist today. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us now is the president-elect of the National Pork Producers Council, Jen Sorensen, to tell us about the Give a Ham Challenge. We're excited to launch our national Give a Ham Challenge, which is our holiday giving program where U.S. hog farmers contribute back to the communities they support. You know, this is a core value for U.S. pork producers and we're happy to celebrate it and champion it through the the Give a Ham Challenge, which is a social media campaign. But ultimately, 
hopefully we'll get over 2 million servings of pork into local food pantries, community shelves, and community organizations. Participating is really easy. All you have to do is open your heart and, and give a pork product. It could be ham, it could be pork loin, any pork product, any protein product into a food pantry and then pop it up on social media and use that hashtag give a ham. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, there are always a lot of things to do to get ready for winter. A lot of uh, different checklists to go through to make sure you are prepared. If you have a well, there are some things you need to do to be prepared for winter as well. So let's talk it over with Ben Freck. He was with the National Groundwater Association. Ben, thank you for joining us. And indeed, there are several things to uh, take care of going into winter that will pay off in the long run, right? Yeah, there are. And thanks for uh, having me back here. You know, as many of us uh, around the country right now, I know especially in the Midwest, are becoming a very aware of is winter is back. You know, I know we're going to be seeing uh, here in Ohio our first three to five inches this week. So, you know, we're taking some time to remind people with water wells, you've got to take some proactive steps to make sure that they're going to keep operating over the winter. And when we start seeing these, uh, you know, below 30, 32 degree uh, temperatures across the country. So we talk about protect your pump, protect your pipes. What are some things to keep in mind? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I mean, in a lot of the country, especially in the north, most of these water systems can be built deep underground and they're required to. But for the rest of the country, especially in the Midwest, um, the West and the South, a lot of these pumps, uh, these water well pumps are built above ground. And now if that's the case, you really want to check out your pump first, make sure it's operational, make sure there's nothing you can see there or hear there um, that may be impeding um, its, its, its pumping power. But then you're also going to want to make sure, especially if your pump is in a basement or outdoors, that you can build some sort of shelter around it or you can find a way to insulate your pump to make sure it stays above 32 degrees. Because if your pump freezes or the, um, the, the frost or the freeze can oftentimes neg- negatively impact your pump, then essentially you've, uh, you're going to have a problem with uh, flowing water. And a well without a pump is pretty useless. So that's one of the first things we want to remind well owners to do is get your pump inspected before the winter. Make sure that if necessary, you can provide some sort of casing or insulation around that pump to keep it above freezing. Um, and as we go into pipes, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, we think about pipes mainly, but as you point out, a lot of good things to keep in mind there about protecting the pumps. Now let's move on to protecting those pipes. Yeah, so of course. So, you know, I imagine most folks who are listening to this show know the basics of, you know, protecting your pipes over the winter. But, you know, we find this time going into the winter a great opportunity to, first off, you know, inspect your pipes. It's a great time to inspect your water system and piping, spotting any problems in your system that could, uh, you know, spot them now, save you money in the future. Um, And past that, you really want to get your pipes insulated. If you have exterior pipes or pipes in basements or you know crawl spaces that oftentimes are exposed to more cold weather, insulating your pipes can save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars down the road. And more importantly, keep your water flowing during these colder months. 
So, you know, and one of the most proactive things that you can do, and we always kind of encourage, especially well owners to do, is to turn off your exterior water and blow out your pipes. Um, like I said, I assume most people who are listening to this are well aware how to do this um, using an air compressor. Just get all the excess water in there cleared out. You know, this will save your pipes, but again, it will also help save your water well system. It will help save your pump. It will help save every part of your water well system if you can do this with your exterior pipes or any, any pipes really that may be um, in, in threat of freezing. So, you know, that is, you know, it's, it's the common sense stuff, but it's, you know, winter is here, folks, and now is the time to get this done before we start getting into the real bad months in January and February. Yeah, these are just reminders of things that people probably already know, but it uh, doesn't hurt to kind of remind people, including having uh, preparations made in case there's a power outage. Yeah, so, you know, that's the last thing. And, you know, this happens, you know, for you know folks who live in rural communities like most of us do. Um, the winter not only will uh, bring challenges with freezing and with snow on your properties, but it will also bring a lot of power outages. I know where I live, you know, we see these a lot more frequent in the winter as surge protectors and as power systems start getting weighed down by the snow. Um, and for those of us on wells using pumps, you know, a lot of these are electric pumps. Most all of them are. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to make sure that you have some form of power that can be designated to use at that pump if the electricity were to go off, whether that's a diesel generator, a gas generator, whatever you want, because once that power goes off, unlike um, you know, municipal systems, you will lose water to your house if your pump is electric and that water goes off. So you're going to want to make sure whatever um, you're using on generators, you have one that can specifically be used on your water pump should that go off um, with, the, with the power outage because without it, you're going to lose your water. Um, so if you do not have a generator, you're worried about not having enough power, you know, we always encourage well owners to stock up on bottled water um, because you know, this is a unique challenge to well owners when the power goes out your pump goes out and you will be without water unless you have a generator. So, you know, in case there's something comes up with that, stock up on bottled water and just kind of be prepared. Ben, we talked about this last time, but uh, I, I, it's more and more of rural America getting connected to uh, to city water. These rural water yeah. projects have been expanding. But roughly how many uh, people or how many wells are you know still counted on out there in rural America for drinking water? So, you know, we're, you know, we currently look at numbers and it's, and it's hard to put an exact number down because um, of the last census and these aren't currently, you know, regulated or meant to be reported. But we know it's somewhere between 35 and 40 million American households are connected to private domestic wells. So, you know, each household could be serving three to four, five people. So, you know, we could be looking at easily 100 million people who depend on uh, private water wells for their water supply every day. Yeah, I should have said private water wells. I mean, we're all connected to a well somewhere in some way, technically. So, uh, but yeah, the, the private water wells. So that, that's an interesting number. All right. Well, Ben, good to talk with you again. These are good reminders. Again, it, it's kind of like talking farm safety. These are not really new things. And a lot of them, you, people probably say, oh, yeah, sure. I Obviously, that's a no-brainer. But it's just good to be reminded and say, oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Maybe need to get that done here right away. So good, good to go over that checklist. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. And if anybody needs any more information, they can go to wellowner.org. Great. Thanks, Ben. Take care. All right. 
Ben Vreck with the National Groundwater Association. That wraps it up for today as we wrap up the month of November. Thank you for joining us. Be safe. Join us again tomorrow right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.